A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We're all very like-minded or because we've all shared the same experience but I'll meet somebody that I've never met before that's a baker and it's like I've known them all my life. Welcome back to a special edition of The Bakedown Podcast. I promised you at least one more episode of the series and here it is. A recording from our live webinar held last Saturday evening, which we recorded after Dan Beasley-Harling held a free scone masterclass webinar. And I have to say it was an incredibly enjoyable evening for me to host that with Dan and very special to have hundreds of you from across the world join us to bake scones with him. Uh, and we were inundated with tags on social media from literally all four corners of the world showing us your tremendous bakes. And of course, COVID has been a huge challenge for everyone around the world. But we had messages telling us that families living in different countries who haven't been able to see each other were joining to enjoy the experience together. And for those that took time to email us to thank us for putting the event on, you should know that you are all incredibly welcome. In fact, Dan and I spoke a couple of days after and said that we'd have to do it once more because we had so many people ask us if we'd run it again. So here's your chance if you didn't make it last weekend. Dan and I are back for a free scones and Chantilly Cream webinar, 6 p.m. London time, this Sunday, 6th of December. That's 1 p.m. New York. Go to our website, bakewithalegend.com. Click on the free webinar button to register and it will tell you exactly what ingredients and equipment you'll need. Now, for those thinking already about Christmas gifts, we are putting up some great Christmas voucher packages on our website, which go live this weekend, as well as a huge range of classes. So do go and check it out. And as ever, remember that the code podcast gets you 10% off classes. For now, though, I hope we'll see many of you on Sunday for our free webinar with Dan or at upcoming classes. And I hope you enjoy listening back to the thoughts of Dan, Howard and Jane. I should say this was, of course, recorded completely live. So if there's a bit of background noise, that's probably Dan starting on cleaning his kitchen. 
I'm expecting that we'll next be back to reflect on the two Christmas special episodes. So enjoy this podcast and the upcoming festive period, and we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Right. This is how we're going to start the review of this series. Who did you want to win this year's Bake Off? You have spoken. So, Peter, I don't know if you can see this. Peter, 33%. Dave, 13%. Laura, 8%. Hermine, Hermine, 28%. Second favorite here with our, with our audience. Mark, Lottie, uh, Mark, and then, yes, yeah, Sura, and then, yeah. So, Peter. Peter, well, look, do you know what? I just want to start because Howard and Jane both spoke about Peter very early on in our Bake Down podcast and said how great they thought he was. Howard, what was it about Peter that stood out for you quite early on? Um, oh, I think a few things, actually. So I think partly because you could tell that he'd given the whole process of, of going on Bake Off quite a lot of thought. So I think he'd, he'd almost been in a bit of training from, um, well, from, from an early age, really. Um, I think he said that he'd, he'd watched past, past series, and uh, I think he'd, he'd definitely learned from uh, from past breakers as well. I'm not including myself in that list. But, look, he, he did, Howard. He mentioned John Wade, didn't he? Which was uh, really and and look, I'm going to come over to uh, to Jane actually in a moment as well. But I just want to let you know we we do absolutely. This is where we want your questions. Put them in the Q and A at the bottom because much as I'm going to ask a few questions this is a chance for you and we're going to invite you to you can turn on your audio turn on your camera uh, we would love to hear from you um, I hope you all have scones in front of you that look as beautiful as Dan's did I feel a bit jealous I'm here in my kitchen uh, without <laughs> any um, uh, Jane what was it about Peter I mean you also you did you, you spoke about him quite early on as a potential winner yeah I, I think I spotted him right from the start I'd just like to put that out there um, I was joked that he'd got Howard's head on his shoulders because he seemed a lot too young to be so mature in his baking knowledge. So I can only assume he bakes. Well, he did. I mean, we saw footage of him baking from really quite a wee young boy, and he didn't seem to flap. He didn't. He seemed to know so much more than anybody else. So I think he was a great, just a fantastic baker. I mean. Yeah, so gosh, I wish my kids were as good as that. Mine don't bake at all. I feel totally failure. <laughs> no, yes. not at all. Um, well, Dan, just you know, give us a, an understanding here because much as you've been on the show, you're like you're a fan of the show, right? Like all of us, we you just you're still watching it. It's not like once you've been on, you're you're not watching it, right? No, not at all. And I think I have to say I agree uh, with Jane and Howard, but I think one thing that he said that that made me go, oh, yeah, of course, was he's been watching Bake Off half of his life. Uh, you know, so from sort of 11, 12 years old, he's been watching it. So it's been, uh, you know, a part of his, his life for forever. And actually, for as much as, you know, I do my own explorations of, of baking, you do pick up so much from watching Bake Off, like loads of little tips and tricks that I've picked up. And of course, it's been going on on his whole life. So in a way, he's kind of a wonderful poster child for Bake Off, uh, sort of the impact that it has on 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 our culture and on baking knowledge uh, with young people. You know, the show is obviously very, very popular with young people. And uh, Peter is proof of that. Uh, and I think he was a very deserving winner, a very deserving yeah. winner. I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm just intrigued because obviously we've been doing our podcast 
um, Jane Howard and I, and Dan's joined us for, for uh, I think, four of the podcasts. Ian Cummings joined us. Karen Wright's joined us. Um, we obviously reflected on the final. If anyone wants to um, listen back to that, just search The Bake Down wherever you get your podcast. But we, we weren't sure watching the final who had, who had won that. I just want to know, who did, who did everyone you know, here think, and I'm talking to our audience, think had won the final? So just before they awarded the plate, because Howard, we were... I mean, it wasn't obvious, but maybe that was in the editing. I think, I think it possibly was in the editing. So I think um, it looked, I mean, Laura, bless her. She had an awful signature, didn't she? I mean, it was one of those real car crash uh, moments. Um, but I think Peter and, and Dave were pretty evenly kind of matched on the signature. Um, Dave certainly, I think, nailed the technical. So I think it was really, really hard to call. Yeah. Can I, I sorry, can I just say, um, from the way it was edited on TV, I thought Dave had won. Like in the, in the, in the lead up to the decision, I thought, I thought that Dave had won it. And I think that overall Peter was a better baker, but in that final episode, it was, I didn't know. I thought it might have been Dave. I thought Dave might have pipped it at the last minute. So I think Peter is absolutely very deserving, as I said. But I, I, if I was Dave, I would be gutted because he was so close and he did such a good job in that final. And I think I really think it could have gone either way. Well, look, I, I don't know, Jane, if you just saw the results of our uh, poll pop up here, but it was, it's 55 percent Peter, 44 percent Dave, 1 percent Laura. I mean, that is close. It is close. Um, uh, but I'm. I agree with um, Dannon. I, I thought David had, had beaten Peter to it. I thought David had just, uh, as the series went on, he seemed to grow in confidence. I thought at the beginning he was a bit like a, a rab startled rabbit in the headlights, but he grew in confidence both in the tent and talking to camera and with his baking, and I thought he'd got it. But we know that they edit things to make really good telly and they, they don't want it to be a walkover for the final. So maybe maybe that was the case. But I thought Dave won the, the signature. He definitely smashed the, the technical and there didn't seem much in it in the showstopper. So, yeah, I think it's the closest final we've had in a very, very long time, if, if forever. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. It was genuinely, when, when Paul was talking about it being you know, a, a matter of just a few flakes on a pastry between them. That, that, that was very genuine. There wasn't a lot in it at all. Um, Dan, we, we often hear this uh, terminology, don't we, about going on a journey while you're on Bake Off. And, you know, I, I've seen the comment just here from Marilyn Pritchard in the chat. Dave was certainly the most improved. Is that that's fair? Yeah, I think so. I think the thing is, Peter came in with a star baker. He started off really, really strongly and he was consistently good. A little bit of a flounder um, and then obviously came came good in the end. Um, uh, Dave, a bit more of a quiet uh, journey, um, but he did win star baker in Biscuit Week. Biscuit Week. So I think he did win, he did win a, a star baker fairly early on. So I don't think he was ever... Not yep. good, but I think, uh, but he uh, he definitely sort of had uh, more of a rise towards the end of the show, um, and unfortunately, other contestants didn't. Like Hermine was amazing, and then plummeted. And it, it's sort of you know that's the nature of the Bake Off beast is you know you can be amazing, but if you have one bad week, and uh, you know, and if you just hold your nerve and keep going, you can make it really far. You know, so it's it's 
Bake Off is, you know, there's the jeopardy there. You never know what's going to happen. And that's part of the reason that makes it entertaining. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And uh, Dan, you uh, you obviously sold your Pastes Donata class particularly well because that is now full. Uh, so there is no one else <laughs> able uh, to go into that. Let's go to uh, the first question. I know people have typed it um, as well. So I'm going to take some that have been typed and I'll come to some people on audio. Um, Joe Sexton wants to know, Howard, what are the requirements for selecting participants on the show? Are you tested or screened somehow? How do you get on the show, Howard? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's a very long audition process, to be honest. So I don't know whether it's changed very much over the years. I suspect it hasn't. But um, it involves essentially filling in a very long application form. And then they do a telephone interview on the basis of that. Um, so they're asking questions about what you put in your application. Um, they then invite people along to physical auditions, not auditions where you have to do star jumps and press-ups and things like that, but just you have to turn up uh, with bait. And um, all of the time, they're sort of testing your knowledge about baking, but they're also testing whether you can explain what, what, what you're doing and you are reasonably eloquent. Um, and then the final round of auditions, um, I think we did, we took some bakes along that we'd prepared at home and uh, we were then given what what is very similar to the technical challenge that was in a cookery school and we were um, asked to bake something against the clock, a recipe that we'd not been told, uh, told of beforehand, just like the technical challenge. And you have to keep chatting and deliver something, as I say, against the clock. So very, very similar to the setup that's in the tent. And then if you pass all that, you're narrowed down. And then the final test is that you go and see a psychologist to make sure that you are okay to go on TV, I think. Well, you, you obviously uh, did, did fine on that front then, Howard, clearly. <laughs> Surprisingly, yeah. Alex, uh, couldn't see Jane has asked, what was it like to see the tent for the first time? Oh, it, it, it gives you a really funny feeling. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. We were just all excited and giggly and, and we'd only just met everybody the night before. Yeah, amazing. I do think what they should do, and they miss a trick, is they don't ever play the music to us. Mm -hmm. um, and and <laughs> if they'd just the very first time we'd seen it, they, they'd had the music playing, I think we'd have all just been a sort of mess of jelly on the floor. Because Paul Hollywood used to play it on his phone sometimes to wind us up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, really exciting as we approached it. But interestingly, when you get into the tent, because we'd watched, I was series seven, so I'd watched, well, I didn't watch series one, um, so I'd watched sort of five series, um, it felt strangely familiar because it had been in the corner of my sitting room for, for 10 weeks for five years running. So it's exactly as you see it. And, and they don't let us go behind the scenes. So we're not allowed to go in the washing up area or where all the BTRs are or anything like that. Um, so they maintain the magic for us as, as well as for you guys. And yes, yeah, strangely familiar in that tent. Um, it, it's brilliant. I mean, Howard and I talk about it all the time. We'd go back tomorrow if we could, wouldn't we, Howard? I mean, we'd done our piggies do all the washing up. But I mean, we're not proud. <laughs> we just um, loved it. 
Brilliant. Well, look, we, we've got loads and loads of questions. We'll get through as many as we possibly can. Keep them coming. Um, a couple of you have said that you just had a, a little issue con checking out on the website. It is definitely all working. So do try again. Dan, this is a question for you from Lisa Glover. Um, and do you know what? I think it'd be really nice if we could hear uh, a question. So I'm going to ask Lisa to turn on her audio. And then Lisa, if you just unmute yourself, you should be able to ask it. Go for it, Lisa. Yes. Hi, everyone. Um, I was just curious, Dan, um, if you were in the same final, would you have attempted what Dave did in redoing the bakes that he had the most trouble with during the season? No, that, no, <laughs> I thought that was ridiculous. I think, uh, no, look, it's, it's, I get that you want to show that you're unafraid and that you're learning and everything, but I wouldn't have done that. I would have just sticked with something that, like for me, that showstopper was an absolute godsend because it was basically just like make whatever you want. So for me, I wouldn't, you know, I sort of, you know, I'd go through my recipe index and I just like pick three things that I'm really good at. And I'd be like, there we go. I don't really have to think about it. Let's just make those three things. You know, you might have to tweak them and adapt them a little bit. Um, but I thought that challenge was an absolute godsend. And I think what he did was suicide. And I can't believe that he pulled it off as well as he did because it could have so easily gone the other way and it could have been an absolute disaster. So all credit to him. I think he did a brilliant job. But no, I thought I thought that was really foolhardy. I no, no, <laughs> not for me. Well, there you go, Lee. So that was uh, that was your answer. I think that was a, a pretty, uh, a pretty, uh, pretty emphatic. <laughs> pretty um, emphatic. Um, now there was a question that I think had Howard written all over it from Ooh. Lisa uh, Martin, and it's a different Lisa, isn't it, to who we just heard? So uh, let's get Lisa up. Now I think this is just about a bit of British translation. She might need help with. Lisa, what's your question? What on earth is stodgy? <laughs> <laughs> um dodgy uh, right that's an interesting one um it means it's sort of heavy and it, I, i'm trying to think of words because i would say sort of classy and things like that and you might not know what that is so it's heavy and um when you bite into it it it's hard going it's sort of Muddy. Uh, slightly clammy in the mouth um heavy and yeah do is Americans that... know the word claggy? Do you know that word? It's claggy no. is sort of a similar word. Claggy, clarty, dodgy. Cloying? Cloying. 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 Good word. Cloying. Cloying, we know. Cloying. Cloying. It's an insult. <laughs> yes. It didn't sound good. <laughs> no, it's um, it's not the nicest. Uh, if you if you if your food is called stodgy, I don't think it's the uh, the greatest. Uh, heavy, dense. We're seeing various suggestions um, as they come in here. Now, um, Jane, Rebecca Donnelly uh, wanted to ask you a question. Let's see if we can get Rebecca Donnelly up. Uh, you just might have to unmute yourself, Rebecca. Hello. Um, Hi, uh, I'm just wondering, have you had a chance to connect with uh, bakers from other seasons? And do you have someone that you most wanted to bake with? Oh, I oh, oh, most wanted to bake with. I can't think of anybody immediately because, you know, we always look back at, 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 at previous series and there are baking heroes so whenever i meet somebody like howard or oh i can't think uh, ian or nancy or nadia you know 
they've been the people they are they're, they're our superstars and it's difficult to imagine that anybody thinks that about us when we then get on and and people in later series i know i'm i'm dan's pin-up aren't i dan i'm sure you say that in jest jane but it's actually kind of true i think you're brilliant <laughs> um so we do get to see the other bakers. I mean, most of us will go to food festivals and we'll meet them there. Um, uh, that's certainly where I met Howard, I think, for the first time at a food festival. And we're great mates now. Um, but a couple of years ago, a group of us across the series seasons um, ran the marathon. We, we had a baker's dozen. So I met lots of the bakers then. And do you know what? I don't know whether it's because we're all very like-minded or because we've all shared the same experience, but I'll meet somebody that I've never met before that's a baker and it's like I've known them all my life. Um, and, and and we all stay really good friends. Um, Chetna lives down the road from me. Do you all remember Chetna? Um, she lives about 20 miles away from me and um, I helped her to design her garden. Well, I mean, it, it, you turn up in her kitchen and chat away as though you've been friends for years. So we all do meet each other when we can. Um, and I just love, I just love meeting everybody. Um, I'm just very sad that we haven't been able to do it this year. I want to go to Anne, who's, who's got a, a question, really. I, I know we've got so many people here from America. I think it's, again, a, a little culture thing. So possibly this one for you, Dan. Are you there, Anne? I am, yes. Go for it. What was your question? So I was wondering, do you, in, in England, do you learn to cook in, and bake in schools? Or is it always in the home? Because it seems like over the, the sessions, different young bakers will say oh when i was in school i i learned this or that and we used in the united states we used to have home economics where you learned cooking and baking but that went away a long time ago with budget cuts so do do they have it in schools in england still well i only left school about three or four years ago obviously yes. um <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh in my mind um, no, so when I was at school, we had home economics, um, but then I think they, they changed its name to food technology. And as far as I'm aware, it still happens. As far as I'm aware, it still happens. But not, you, it starts when you're about 11 years old here, because we have a slightly oh. different school system. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm aware, we still do it. Um, unless you guys know any differently, but yeah, I learned to bake in school. I did. Yeah. Jane, Howard, I'm sure, did yeah. you, Howard, did the boys learn to do it too? Yeah, I think we were, I mean, yes, it, it, you're absolutely right to point out that I am considerably older. I think I'm older you're not that much older. I'm probably old enough to be your father, Dan. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think, yes, we were the first year, really, where um, that, that kind of split between what boys did and what girls did was, was abandoned to a certain extent. And so we did do um, home economics or domestic science or whatever it was was called at the time um but we were probably the first generation of boys to do that i think thank you um well Anne, thank you so much for your uh, for your question that uh was really appreciated um i wanted to go who we who should we go to next i genuinely we've got over about 50 questions and oh. um, it, it 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 is uh, difficult to keep up with all of them 
Mimi's got an interesting question about this year's show. Let's get Mimi uh, up. I think maybe give this one to Dan. Mimi, are you there? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Hey. Um, first of all, Dan, I um, the pasta spinata were super good from yesterday. Jolly <laughs> good. So my question is about if people you I obviously have to submit your plant based to the producers or the home economics people. Yeah. Ahead of time. And I think I've heard you say that sometimes they'll actually reject your your proposal because it doesn't meet the brief. So if that's yeah. the case, how come in Patisserie Week, Ermine said for her showstopper, oh, I just completely redid my recipe yesterday. How could she sort of be allowed to do that? I don't know. Like, I think a lot of these things are on a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, like, for example, like I, I did my first recipe for d design for when I made that awful pastry fish. My initial recipe was made with a brioche around it, like a beef wellington. Um, and then they were like, Daniel, this is bread, not pastry. You can't make this. So sometimes they'll come back to you and be like, this is not, you've not hit the brief here, or you're trying to do something that we're not asking you to do. You know, it's often that you're kind of, you think you're being smart, trying to sidestep a limitation. And uh, they're like, no, you're not getting away with that. Um, as you, Right. They say we don't want you to change your brief. I think because they don't really want, you know, they, logistically, they organise the whole thing for you. So they right. don't want all the bakers turning up at the last minute going, we've all changed our plans. We're all going to do something a little bit differently because they just wouldn't be able to cope with it. Um, but if they've got sort of one person who is desperate to change, then I guess they will facilitate that, especially if they're not allowing, they're not doing anything too complicated or there aren't too many bakers in the competition. So they've sort of, they've got, they okay. maybe then they'd be more lenient. Um, but yeah, um, Hermine's was, um, I mean, it was a bit of a disaster, wasn't it? Poor old Hermine. This one, I'm going to uh, go to Emily to ask your question. Emily Singletary, and I think Jane uh, would be a good person to ask this to. Emily, if you're there. Hi. Hi, Emily. Hey, Emily. Where are you, Emily? Uh, I'm in Macclesfield in Cheshire. Oh, brilliant. Okay, great. Great to, great to have you on. What's your question, Emily? So my question was, um, I've, I've wanted to apply for, for Bake Off for many years. I love baking. I'm constantly trying to hone my skills. Everyone's always saying to me, oh, you should go on it. You should go on. But I, I know how rigorous the process is. And I just wonder whether what your advice would be for, for trying for people who want to apply, who feel as though they're perhaps not quite there yet? Because I feel as though their standards very, very high. Well, I would say go for it, to be honest. I think you are probably underestimating yourself. I, and I know every year that Paul says these are the best 12 bakers we've ever, 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 ever had, <laughs> um, which always makes me want to throw something at the television. Um, <laughs> Um, I think you should just apply. I think um, as long as you make sure, it's another thing that, you, that really makes me throw something at the television, is if you've watched all the series, you know the things that you have to be able to make. You need to be able to make shoe pastry. You need to be able to make bread. That goes without saying. Um, you need to be able to make shoe pastry. You need to have know how to make a, a, a Genoese or a Genoise sponge. Um and look at the things that have tripped bakers up in the past that haven't been able to make them in a, um, a, a technical. Paul, Paul Jagger went out 
when he he really couldn't do a Genoese lunge. Um, and last year they had so much trouble with their shoe pastry. So I would say get the basics on on paper. Take pictures of everything. They don't have to be beautiful pictures um, like Howard's. Take pictures of everything and just apply. Uh, you will get better as you go along and you get a brief and you have the opportunity to design your own bakes and to practice them. Um, don't leave it for so long. They might stop making the series. Um, <laughs> Would you say there's anything that helps you stand out? helps your application a bit more other than just being good and, and having all those pictures of your bakes, as you suggest? I would say be yourself. Don't try and be anybody else. You don't know what they're looking for that particular year. I applied three times um, before I got on the show. Um, I think Candice applied three times. I think Francis applied two or three times. I think Nancy definitely applied um, more than once. Uh, Peter, this year's winner, um, applied more than once. So you just have to be yourself. And and talk. So if when they phone you up for your interview, um, if you can't talk to them and, and be, uh, you don't have to be amusing, you don't have to be clever, you don't have to be anything, you just have to be able to talk and answer their questions and, and not give them monosyllabic answers. I would say, get the basics sorted, write a good application form. And, and I don't know what a good one is, to be honest. I just think you've just got to be able to talk about what you've made and, and how you love baking and, and, and what your inspiration is and then chat. And, and most of us, I think, can chat, can't we, Howard and Dan? I mean, um, so, when so, what you mean? <laughs> so when people phone us up, um, yeah, just chat. Um, they'll usually call you out of the blue. You'll have no warning. You could be hanging out in the washing. You could be walking the dog, which I was. Um, and just be yourself. And if yourself isn't what they're looking for this year or next year, then just apply again. Um, but don't leave it too late because you just never know, do you? You never know. I'm going to go to Jill uh, Thorley, if you're there. And uh, I think, Jill, um, I'll suggest you put this one to Howard. Are you there, Jill? I am. Jill, you're uh, you're in the UK from the, from your accent there. <laughs> I'm not too far from the last uh, lady. I'm in Stoke-on-Trent. Fantastic. Um, well, welcome and uh, go, go for it. I saw your question. Okay. My question was, do you think with the bakers being in the bubble that they psyched each other out? My main thing, and I remember you discussing this on the podcast, was the uh, toppings on the brownies. And whether maybe one person thought, oh, I'll put this on the bounty. And then everybody thought, oh, I've got to do that as well. <laughs> so do you think that them all being together and cooking together made them, I don't know, you know, kind of do stuff they maybe wouldn't have done? That, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, because you, you're absolutely right that normally um, you turn up and although the, you might meet people and, and have a chat the night before, the, the first episode is recorded. That's the first time when you're sort of talking about how you've interpreted the brief and what you are likely to be doing. So I think the fact that they were in a bubble, there probably was a bit more of an opportunity for them to chat to each other and share ideas and possibly make a few like more last-minute changes. I think the topping on the brownie probably came from the brief, though. I think it probably said that you want uh, to have 
some form of topping on the brownie. And I think as as, as Jane and I and, and uh, Dan have probably uh, discussed in the past, um, you tend to put something like a drizzle of chocolate or something like that, a few nuts on a brownie, rather than piling something like Italian meringue on top. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think under those circumstances, bakers might feel under pressure to try and come up with something really, really different. And then, sadly, it's not a brownie anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Jill, uh, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Dan is uh, pouring himself a, a drink there. What have you I'm got? I'm having Dan? a rum and coke. I've got a rum and coke. You know, it's I've switched over. Caffeine free though, because I'm getting old, so uh, I need to be able to sleep at night. Um, but yeah, <laughs> cheers. I feel like I've earned this. I've got an empty cup, but it's what I've got. Sorry. <laughs> Layla, I'll just read this one out. Um, Howard, uh, Layla Iqbal asks, do the judges drink water in between tasting? Uh, well, I'm assuming it is water, yes. They're drinking something in between tasting. Yes, I, I, I think they do. I, I mean, you sort of feel a little bit aggrieved sometimes. Um, Paul was, was renowned for popping out for a cigarette and... Um, quite a few of us felt that I wonder if that has affected his uh, his taste buds over the years. But yes, they do go through the, um, the rigmarole of, of having glasses of water as well. So, yeah. Tiffany. <laughs> uh, so, actually, it is Scout that wanted to know, hi, um, hi. <laughs> how did your family react when they found out that you were chosen for Bake Off? Uh, really excited. I think because... Um, Sorry, let me just move that out of the way. Um, sorry, I was emptying the dishwasher. You can't, you know, got to, got to keep your kitchen tidy. Um, yeah, they were, um, they were very excited, obviously, um, because baking has been, had been like my main hobby for like 10 years. And I was sort of always baking for people. And we, we sort of discussed it for years going on before I eventually did get on. And they were obviously very, very excited for me. And my dad uh, was very, very proud, uh, which, is, uh, which was lovely because my dad... Um, well, I don't want to be like, he doesn't talk about me much. That sounds a bit loaded. But like, he was sort of like, you know, when he'd go down to the, the coffee shop uh, with his friends and he was sort of so proud that his son was on Bake Off and stuff. So yeah, they were, they were really proud. And but generally just like pleased for me because obviously I've been trying for years. As I just said, like it was three times it took me to get right. on. And I kind of thought, because I had an interesting backstory, they'd probably have me on the first time because I knew I was a good baker. But, and I was like, I've got a fun backstory. It's very like BBC, you know, like to, to, for diversity. Um, but they were not, they did not bite. Um, so yeah, it took me three years to get on. And uh, yeah, my family were just super proud. And obviously, you know, if, if obviously if your kid works for anything, when they finally achieve it, it's always, you know, that's, that's lovely to see them succeeding. So, yeah, my parents especially were really, really thrilled for me. My kids didn't really care. <laughs> um, not really interested. <laughs> Howard, Howard, just a quick one. You, you obviously have to, you, there's very few people you can tell. And then uh, G here, G Park wants to know, you know, what, what's it been like making your hobby kind of into a career almost and the opportunities that come after the show? I think it's, I think it's been incredible, actually, because I think, when you go on Bake Off, you expect that people will ask you to do things like, can you make a wedding cake for me or something like that? So it puts you in the public eye for doing certain things like that. But uh, but lots of other things have come along, which I, I, I didn't expect, you know, um, writing opportunities, recipe development, broadcasting, things like that. 
So it can lead to um, lots of areas of, of things that, that you wouldn't expect necessarily to come out of aircraft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm seeing a, there's a lot of um, requests here for people suggesting that we go back over previous series and, and look back at previous episodes. So um, I, I'm not quite sure we're going to be able to do that. We'll talk about it. What we are going to do, and I hope that they, you get them in America. Let me know if you don't. I hope you get the Christmas special episodes because we recently, uh, Rosie uh, Brandreth, who actually does her first class tomorrow for us, is, 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 is going on the Christmas special and is going to do a special breakdown podcast with us, or at least has offered to. So uh, we look forward to certainly um, doing that. So uh, don't worry, there is, there is more to come. Well, this is a very interesting question. Corey Stevens, I, I wonder if you're there, Corey. Uh, I will allow you to talk and we can put this one to, to Jane to start with. Corey, if you want to just unmute yourself. Yeah, I was wondering if all of you, if you were going to set a challenge, what would it be? I'd love to Jane. Jane, if you were there, what, what, this is a tough question. Eh? What would you have liked to see? You know, what would you like to see the bakers have to make? Oh, what would I like to see the bakers have to make rather than me have to make? Um, okay, guys, you're going to have to help me out with the, the, the name because it's completely gone out of my head. It's been a very long day. But it's round. It's got <laughs> puff pastry on the bottom. It has shoe buns dipped in caramel. What's it called? Gatto Saint Honoré? Yes, that's yeah. the one. Gatto Saint Honoré because um, it has a very specific um, custard in it as well. It's got caramel. It's got... Um, shoe pastry and puff pastry. I mean, it's everything that could go wrong. Um, so, and, and I know how caramel goes wrong in the tent. Um, I the lovely lady who washes up very busy with my saucepans of crystallised caramel. So, yes, Gatto Saint Honoré, I think, would be torture. Is that mean? Probably. Uh, just as well they don't ask me to set them, I suppose. Yeah, but you know, I would like, um, because I'm a very technique focused person, I like to learn all the traditional techniques. That's just, it's something that I personally uh, enjoy doing. I would like to see people tested on like more basic things, like seriously, things like making scones, because I think that, I mean, obviously it only works in favor of someone like me, but because I'm not very artistic, very technically minded. I enjoy the very te technical bakes. That's that's sort of where my strength is and what I enjoy. So yeah, just simple things done really, really well. And I think, to be honest, that's what a technical should be. It shouldn't be trying to imagine what a horn looks like. It should be, you know, uh, like, like, can you do this technique well? Um, so that's what I probably enjoy. There's a bit of me that thinks we all come prepared, don't we? And we all have recipes. And, and watching MasterChef, MasterChef Australia, which I absolutely love. If any of you can watch it, watch it. It's a wonderful show. Um, is just give them a bunch of ingredients and see who makes the best something. Whatever you want to make out of it, but you've all got the same ingredients. Produce something and you've got two hours to do it. I would love to see that because you'd have to have the recipes in your head and you'd have to be able to make things from scratch without it written down. I, I quite like that. Do you know what? I just want to do a poll here. I'm interested, like, to how uh, how everyone who's, who's with us watching thought this series compared to previous series in terms of how much they enjoyed it. Um, so, how would you rate this series compared to others? That's what I want to know. How we're just just while everyone's doing this, uh, filling it in. How do you think this series compared? Because such a unique one. I think it was a, a very unique 
series. I think, I said, well, you can't have very unique, can you? It's either unique or it's not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I think, um, I, I think I said in the very first podcast of this season that I would have loved to have taken part in, in this particular year because a very different experience of actually being within that bubble and having practice kitchens and not having to go home or, or keep a full-time job going or anything like that. I think it must have been an incredibly focused um, experience. Uh, and a, a, a much nicer way of spending lockdown than most of us have, have had, really. So, um, so yeah, I, I think it would have been a, a great series to have taken part. Uh, in it, and I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, look, let's share these results, and you, you'll see on your screens now that the average thought here uh, from everyone attending with us tonight is that this was about an eight out of ten series. Nine percent thinking it was best series ever. Ten out of ten. Jane, what did you, what did you make of this series? Just overall, and then I just want to talk about this series a little bit more. So, if anyone's got questions here about this series specifically, now's a good time to put them. How did Sorry. you rate Sorry. it overall, Jane? How did I rate it overall? I, overall, I thought it was a great series. Um, I I think it's got back to its core values, really. It, it, it's home bakers cooking things that we can all cook and identify with and then with showstoppers that probably we would only ever attempt once in our lives. Um, I think in the past two or three years, it has got too technical and too silly. I go back to my grilled cake again. I thought I'd give that a go and then realised it took 24 eggs and thought, oh, God, I'm not going to do that. Um, and, and I think this year has gone much more back to good home baking um, with some achievable, I would say achievable showstoppers as well. I'm not sure I'm going to make a bust of anybody anytime soon, um, unless it's Howard, of course, which would be amazing. Um, but I, I think all in all, a brilliant series with some lovely bakers. I, I really do like it. But it, not quite as good as Series 7. Um, but um, there we go. <laughs> well, let's just take a, a couple more questions. Judy, Judy France. Uh, see if you're there, Judy. Just unmute yourself, Judy. I did unmute myself. Great, we can hear you now. Um, I, I guess the question that he's looking at is, do you think they should redo some challenges from earlier series instead of coming up with some of these really odd things like biscuit chandeliers? Howard. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I think it's um, I think it's fine to redo um, sort of challenges from past series. I think they do from time to time. I think you do see something that that is is similar. Um, I think biscuit chandeliers was was a, a bit of a mistake in 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 my view. I mean, we had biscuit towers in our year. It, it's about doing something um, creative with with biscuits. Um, I've got a personal dislike for things that are stacked that you wouldn't normally stack, like cheesecakes, for example. I think it's fine to do cakes that are, um, you know, tiered cakes and so on. But don't make a challenge so difficult, uh, you know, just for the sake of, of being different, really. On the one hand, though, it makes sure that the bakers understand the technique behind it. Like, they need to know that this this particular biscuit will be solid enough for... Oh, yeah, yeah. So they have to yeah. understand the technique. That's good. 
yeah, no, absolutely. I think this year as well, we were talking about um, when they did the um, the bread um, designs this year. It's about understanding um, what you can do with the material that you're working with. So you're absolutely right. If you are trying to do something in biscuits that requires structure and construction, you've got to understand what biscuits are going to uh, work to do that. And if you're trying to do something artistic in bread, understand the nature of dough and try to work with that rather than working against it. Yeah, I would I would add to that. Um, some of the more um, some of the some of the bakes like things like the biscuit chandelier. Um, some of them you mo like, for example, for the biscuit chandelier, for what I was going to do for the biscuit and how I was going to decorate it, I came up with that idea like that. And then I spent about a week like playing with embroidery hoops and bits of wire and string and trying to work out how I was going to construct the thing. And actually all of the thinking I was doing was about sort of engineering it and the architecture of it. And I, I got quite angry at that at the time. I was like, this isn't baking. I'm not doing any baking. I'm just trying to construct something out of, you know, bits of old wood and wire. And I, and that, that was one, the one challenge to me and the reason I griped about it quite a bit. It's just because I just thought this is pointless. This isn't baking. Um, or, or not that it's pointless, but it's not what I signed up for. I signed up to, to show that I'm good at baking and I'm try I'm now demonstrating a different set of skills entirely. But as I said, I'm not particularly artistic. So maybe it just, you know, and some people obviously are, and that works very well for them, but it, it didn't work for me. And some of the showstoppers, you, I do kind of feel like, okay, but why though? Do you know what I mean? Like, but why? Why are we, are we doing it just for the sake of it? You know, no, I don't, I honestly would question if more than a handful of people have ever made a biscuit chandelier since that show was on. So for me, it's, it's a no. Uh, but other people enjoyed it and did great and didn't struggle with it as much as I did. But for me, those kind of wacky showstoppers, I'm like, no. Let's, do you know what? There's nothing wrong with having a showstopper. There's just a really nice tiered cake with a couple of like, you know, elements of the brief that are sort of a bit interesting or different. There's nothing wrong with a bit of cake. Cakes are not boring, Lottie. Um, and uh, I'm quite happy to see more cakes. And people say might say it's samey. I'm like, well, then make the brief a little bit different. Um, but yeah, with these weird construction challenges, yeah, no thanks, not for me. And uh, yeah, I won't, I won't be doing any more of those, thankfully. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Well, look, we were going to end around 9.30, but I'm getting the feeling people still want to hear a couple more questions. So we'll we'll try and take three or, or four more questions. I just want to flag that we have a winner from our social media competition. J.R. Uh, Hiker Baker Bear. There you go. We, we like that. Thank you very much for doing that. Just I think we might have spoken to that person, I think, during the class. Make yourselves known. We appreciate it. A lot of you have been doing posts on, on social media during during the class. We've got time for uh, just probably, yeah, three, uh, four more questions. Yeah, Karen, let's go to Karen. It's a, it's a festive question. Karen, Karen Natoli, I hope I've said that right. Maybe we'll give this one to, uh, to Jane. Are you there, Karen? I am. Hi, Hi, I'm uh, in Wisconsin in the United States. Uh, so I'm novice when it comes to mince pies. Uh, so what's the best advice for mince pies for the season? Oh, best advice for mince pies? Well, get a really good pastry. Um, I am not the hugest, hugest Paul Hollywood fan recipe-wise. They don't work for me, but he has got an amazing mince pie pastry. 
Um, and I make your own mincemeat, without a doubt. The shop-bought stuff, I don't know what the stuff is like you get in the States, but the, the stuff you buy in the, the shops here have a really harsh acid flavour. Um, you don't have to make it weeks or months in advance and let it mature. You can make a perfectly good one. And if you want one, I can put it up on the uh, Bake the Legend website. Uh, make your own mincemeat. And then experiment with the toppings. Um, yes, you can just have a pastry lid. Um, a Viennese whirl topping is really nice. Or a pecan crumble topping is my ooh, one of my favourites as well. So, it, yeah. Two things, you've got to have a really good pastry base and a really nice mincemeat. And I would say with mincemeat, um, when you're making it yourself, although we'll say use mixed fruit or, or a mixture of raisins and currants and whatever, if you want to shove, shove cherries in it, shove cherries in it. If you want to, um, if you want to chuck out some of the almonds and put some pecans in, do that as well. It's a very flexible thing, but the, the trick is to get the right amount of lemon and orange in it to give it that little bit of bite. Brilliant. And, and if you do want, uh, we do have a, uh, a class, a mince pie. Karen Wright did it today. Yeah and is repeating it i think the 19th possibly of december so you can uh, go and find that i can just see well so many more questions this is this is not easy but i will just try and take two more questions joanna are you there and then maybe this is a good one for Dan. hi i am here yeah Great. um thank you for a lovely class and i'm so excited to be able to speak with everyone um my question is when did you start experimenting with flavors and making your own recipes? And do you just feel it out? Do you know any science behind what might or might not work? Um, okay, so bakers will always say to you, just follow the recipe. And that's because if you're a novice and you play with a recipe, you could just make it awful. Once you've been baking for a little while, I think you get a sense just from trying different recipes of like how the ingredients interact with each other, how they're going to, you know, how more butter is going to affect it, how more sugar is going to affect it, um, how reducing the eggs will make a difference. So you get a sense of it. Um, so what I would say is, is do it, start by just experimenting with flavours and trying different things out and seeing what you like. Eating other people's baked goods is a great way to experiment with flavours. Um, but, but then then once you're, you're reasonably good, just be a little bit bold. Um, and to be honest, I didn't really, I, I did make my own recipes, but I didn't really have like that much belief in my ability to create recipes until I went on the Bake Off and I was sort of forced to do it. And in the real world, recipes don't have to be wildly different from each other. But in the Bake Off, they said it must be distinctly different in three different ways than any other recipe. So they're basically like, you have to make the recipe. And actually I discovered that I was successful more than I wasn't. Or at least, you know, I tried it about, okay, it's not orangey enough. Uh, it's a bit too much spice. Uh, maybe a bit sweet, or we could use a bit more sweetness, you know. And actually I probably only have to make something about two, three, maybe four times before I've got it from, you know, just an idea into something that works in real life. So I would say, I mean, I don't know if I would say that other people should do it, but if you're inclined to do it, then I would say give it a go because it's actually not as difficult as you might think. And I can see Jane furiously nodding. So I think Jane would agree with that. Yeah, furiously nodding. Yeah, I do a lot of nodding. Um, I agree 100% with Dan. Um, I didn't design a recipe or have the confidence to design a recipe until I went on Bake Off. And I think that's one of the things that Bake Off gave me is, is a confidence to try things and believe in my own baking ability. Um, 
But just remember, you know, before I went on to Bake Off, if a recipe didn't work the first time, the recipe didn't work. Um, and now if it's something I want to make, I now know enough or have the confidence to change it and change it and change it or just try again, try again and try again until I get it right. And I think... I think a lot of people baking from home, because it's expensive if something goes wrong. Um, a lot of people will think, oh, that custard tart recipe didn't work, so I'm never going to do it again. Um, it might just be the recipe. I've used Paul Hollywood. I've tried three times with Paul Hollywood's. I keep my, am I obsessed with this, man? Um, I tried three <laughs> times with Paul Hollywood's hot cross bun recipe, and uh, disasters every time. Terrible buns, Paul. Um, and then thought, oh, what's what I'm at? I, I can make this dough um, and just ignored him and went on and, and made my own. Uh, but, you know, some, some bakers, some, some recipe books don't work for me. Um, I'm sure they work for other people. I, I'm rambling. It's getting late for me. I'm an early person. I'd like to say, Jane. I'm sorry about the rambling. No, I, do you know what? I'm going to jump in because Jane emailed me at 5.30 this morning. So I know that Jane has been up a long time. I, I think we've got time for one final question. Thanks, Joanna, for um, the question. Now, I'm going to go to Taylor and uh, Spencer and allow her to talk. Um, Taylor, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Of course we can. Yeah. Where are you, Taylor? Brilliant. Um, I'm coming from New York City. Um, I've heard of it. Just a little bit. Um, first of all, I have to say that I am a huge fan of everything that your organization does. I love Bake Off and I really appreciate your podcasts. They make my morning runs so much more tolerable. Um, <laughs> you. My question is, what is one great British bake that you think everyone should try? something that you think is distinct to Britain that may Americans or anyone from across the world should, should take a swing at. Well, I want, I want each of you, Dan, Howard and, and Jane to answer this. I'll come to Howard first. Um, Howard, one British bake. What do we go for? What do we recommend? One, one British bake. Do you know, I, um, I would, say a fruit cake i love a fruit cake a really um i don't know whether it's particularly british but certainly in in the northern part of england um we are quite into having fruit cake with with cheese so and i love cheese so i would um, i do a really nice uh, kind of christmas cake or a fruit cake which i've used as the base for a wedding cake as well um, so either a fruit cake or a kind of tea loaf or something that's got fruit in it, dried fruit, uh, and you can really mess around with the recipe and, and uh, adapt it and put whatever fruit you want in there. Um, the other thing I suppose is Yorkshire puddings, which are always a bit. Don't take cookie. all of them, Howard. Right. Yeah, yeah, save some of the rest. Fruit cake. <laughs> right, Dan. What has Howard left you to work with here? Well, I would say sort of traditional, I think uh, a country's cuisine is kind of defined by the fats that they use. And um, in England, we use butter, but we also use suet uh, traditionally. So suet puddings are something that's like very, very British. So, and I was actually going to say the Sussex Palm Pudding, but it doesn't sound so novel now that everyone knows what it is. But my mother used to make a, it, she called it a Sussex Palm Pudding, but that wasn't what it was. Um, and it was basically a steamed pudding, but she sort of made a well in the middle that was full of golden syrup and butter 
butter and lemon juice. So it sort of had all the lovely flavours of a Sussex Pond pudding, but in a steamed pudding. And that and that was made with suet. And that's that's sort of the classic British pudding is the suet pudding, like really heavy, but like rich and yeah, and oh god, so good. Like suet is really flavourful, and that's uh, something that 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 butter butter is delicious in its own way, but so it can't replace suet in the in those kind of flavours. So uh, I get a good steamed pudding. And I know, Jane, you do a good steam pudding, don't you, Jane? Was it lemon and blackberry one you do? Oh, yes, I yeah. did a lemon, lemon and blackberry. Um, I've got a lovely orange and cherry one um, that I've just written for a, um, a charity uh, recipe. So um, that's I, I do love a good steam pudding. Um, Sunday lunch very often was a, a steamed, um, well, we called it treacle pudding, but it wasn't. It was um, golden syrup pudding that my brother always used to call good pud. So it was always a good pud on a Sunday. Um, yeah, very, very British. Um, but I was going to suggest two things because Howard had two things, had Yorkshire pudding. And <laughs> so as I've gone last, I'm not taking anybody else's. Um, I was going to say crumpets. Um, oh. get, oh, did I get a, oh. I love a crumpet. Oh, my God. I love a crumpet. We, call them, we don't call them crumpets, we call them butter sponges. Because okay. that's literally <laughs> exactly. what they are. <laughs> that's exactly what they are. I remember as a child, um, sitting down, we used to watch the television on a Saturday, off, late Saturday afternoon in the winter, and we'd have crumpets with butter and cheddar and, and celery, actually. I always really love those. Um, so crumpets, a bit tricky, crumpets, because they're not Very difficult. Baked. Yeah, they're not baked. It'd be a, a difficult one. You've got to get the holes right. Um, or a really good pork pie. Um, and if you go the whole hog, <laughs> excuse the pun, um, you can make your own um, jelly as well by rendering. Oh, this is probably going to make all you vegetarians feel very ill, but you can cook all your stuff down to make that lovely jelly that surrounds it. But a good hand raised um, with a hot water crust pastry um, and a really good flavoured pork filling. Um, so they're my two things. Actually, I'm quite hungry now. I only had an omelette for supper mm-hmm. and a salad. I've got to answer this. I've got to answer this poll. Come You're not on, allowed babe. to. You're not allowed to. <laughs> I can't answer it. Oh. <laughs> I have put up the poll, uh, which is asking, do you love uh, crumpets? Do you love them? Do you like them? Not sure. Don't like or really don't like. I'll close the poll in five seconds. Um, you, you can well imagine uh, what is winning uh, here. They if you haven't them. tried them, you must. They're so good. They really 40, are. 48%. I mean, 37% not sure, which I presume means that they, uh, they haven't, haven't tried tried them. Yeah. Um, oh, they're so good. Look, we've been, I've been chatting for well over an hour now. So, I mean, it's flown by. Um, this has been the most lovely thing for us to do. As I mentioned at the very top of this a couple of hours ago, we had never run an online event until April when circumstances meant that we, of course, tried to work out what we were going to do with a business that relied on people being in kitchens. Um, as many of you who have mentioned tonight, even those that have come from America who have been at classes with us uh, physically in London or Manchester, um, and this has been the biggest joy to uh, have so many people from all around the world. Dan, thank you so much for doing your scones. Are they, uh, have they all been scoffed by uh, the rest of the household? Uh, not yet, because as soon as I hang up, we're going to order fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's... Uh... To give. Um, and look, um, Howard and Jane, I hope we'll, we'll be back for the Christmas special podcast. We'll, we'll do that. Oh, great. Yeah, love to. Yeah, Is that okay? okay? I've just, I've just sprung that. 
I, I've just sprung <laughs> that on uh, on everyone. Um, so I do hope that that's okay. Uh, and look, if anyone has any uh, suggestions of classes they would like to see, just send us ideas. You can contact us, info at baitwithalegend.com. That is how Howard's pork pie, class, uh, pork pie class came up, and there's been a big success. Uh, I think also Tiramisu was mentioned, which Jane is doing um, as well. So just send us ideas if you want to do it. But um, I think for now, shall we all, we're going we're gonna to wave goodbye, I think, if that's okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, yeah, please do go check out the, web, the website, baitwithalegend.com. And we really look forward to seeing many of you again. And this was such fun that I think we'll have to do something like this again as well. Yeah, so, absolutely. Thanks. All right, good night. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. You just heard a stripped media production. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue checkmark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.